Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our series of interview of our podcast on genuine strength. A podcast is dedicated for female entrepreneurs who are just starting out or have been on their journey already, and they're looking for more clarity, business strategies, business tools, mindset tools as well, which is very, very important uh, for entrepreneurs to get <laughs> clear on what they want and who they are, and to show up authentically and uh, for their soul clients and for themselves. My name is Maria C. Krause, mindset and business coach and the founder and owner of Unchain and Strength Podcast and online magazine. And our special guest today is Amanda Rose. Hi, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So nice to have you here, Amanda. Uh, we've connected a couple months ago. You interviewed me. Then we're like, oh, we'll do this podcast. And yeah, it's, you, you, know, you guys know, it's like one thing led to another. It's like, oh, we can't find the time. So finally today. So Amanda, you, um, you're all the way in Ontario, Canada, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself so that everybody can get to know you, the listeners. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Cause I was like, she's got a good title and I want her to introduce it and before I mess it up. <laughs> oh yeah. I am. Um, so I am the founder of the infinite power of you. Um, I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, so I'm a multi-published author in a whole bunch of different genres. I do business mindset and wealth coaching. Um, I originally started in health and wellness coaching, so a lot of different passionate elements in the coaching field. And then uh, I also do motivational speaking. I'm an actor, and I do online course creation. Oh my God, you do loads. <laughs> was, acting, <laughs> was acting your first thing? Is that what you um, you did before you got into the field of coaching? Uh, yeah, like uh, getting into health and wellness coaching was kind of my first introduction into the coaching world in, in the kind of more formal sense. And um, kind of before that, uh, I, I kind of had more of a management role when I was in my sales company and I was helping new um business people coming in the sales positions learn how to do like live pitching and things like that. So, um, it's just, it's in my blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. But I mean like the acting, is that something you develop after or is that something that came from before you used to do that before your business or. Yeah. I, I love that question because, uh, acting was actually what I studied for. It's what I went to college for. I did a two year program that was acting for film and television uh, at Humber in Toronto. Wow. It was an amazing program and um, kind of part of the reason that I'm probably on this entrepreneurial journey because when I graduated, it was into the 2008 recession. And in Canada, we kind of rely on U.S. film companies up here and they weren't filming up here because the Canadian dollar for the first time in forever was <laughs> higher than the American dollars. So yeah. No film jobs. And um, it was something where I kind of had to learn to kind of forge my own way and the career that I planned on, it wasn't the career that I ended up having. While I, I have had some big acting roles and I've done a lot of my own independent projects, um, it's definitely taken me down the entrepreneurial path because of that. Wow. That's, I say it's like, it's a big, um, um, what do you call it? A skill to have as well when you go into the entrepreneur world though. Cause it's a lot of people, like you are a motivational speaker. So I say it to be an actor as well, that, that really helps though, is it? Yeah, I would definitely call it an asset. And, um, I would definitely say for any entrepreneurs watching who are like, oh, I'm not an actor, you know, if you're nervous and getting in front of people, um, I would highly recommend at least checking out like an improv class because when we're doing improv, it, it gets your mind working. And when we're doing sales conversations, you do not know what the other person's going to say. 
you have no idea. So being able to respond quickly in the moment and have that brain function is is wildly helpful in the entrepreneurial field. Wow. It's interesting that you mentioned it because I remember when I first started, I had read a book about that and it was just like, yeah, if you want to, you want to learn how to, you know, get off the fear of speaking in public or anything like that, just join an acting class. You know, and that would be you sitting there, you, like you said, you have to improv and then you, know, you have to remember stuff and like, you know, and that, that comes out natural, like even your script that comes out natural and it doesn't sound like something that you've repeated over and over again. But uh, yeah. I can't say that's great. Look, I'm actually, I'm like, I'm signing for a class tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have, it's one of those things, motivational speaking, like speaking in public is still one of my things that I get a little bit shaky. Um, but uh, yeah, even in college, I remember it's like you feel that like your head just goes all red and she's like oh my god i knew everything and now i forgot it and it's like you know <laughs> and i don't get that when people say it's like oh imagine everybody being naked and i'm like how is that gonna help <laughs> yeah i don't i don't get that one either that one doesn't make any sense to me i'm like i think i might be more nervous because i'd be confused why you're <laughs> naked <laughs> sense to me ever <laughs> okay Amanda so tell me a little bit so you started with health and wellness so as um, as a lot of entrepreneurs you started with a network marketing company as well then okay and how did that transition because uh and I have friends that are also in the transition I did it myself as well I started with health and wellness and I think oh I have I say about three months, four months later, I was like, no, this is what I want to do. I want to be coaching. I was like, I don't want to sell products. So how, how was your transition personally? Um, My transition was much different from that because I was, I was all in for the MLM. I was so all in. Um, uh, For me, the company that I joined, I'd already been a customer for 10 years and I lost 138 pounds with their products. Like I believed in the company. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, I believe in you. We can do this. <laughs> um, so I was so like, this is going to work. I'm going to make this work. And I, uh, I definitely was like, I just, I quit my job. I went full on. I put everything I had into getting it off the ground and I did build a good business. I mean, I've, I've still got that business to take care of my clients that are in it. Um, I didn't want to just abandon them. (laughs) But um, it's uh, definitely when I was focused on it, I think for about four years, that was all I did was full time MLM building. And it taught me a lot. Uh, I really got a lot of kind of interesting insights into building online business from that. And also what doesn't work because we know there's a lot of kind of faux pas with MLM. Like, cold messaging it's not only mlm but we tend to associate it with them because we see it to be more prevalent so it for me i was always like why doesn't this work hmm this is interesting and so i was dissecting what was working what wasn't working and it really helped me understand online business human psychology sales psychology all of that kind of thing that kind of comes together to create how do you attract clients how do you put out posts that are magnetism to them where they're like they can't help but engage how do you reach out to somebody you've never talked to before and develop a real relationship and so that was kind of a big foundation for me and then when I finally was ready to transition um it was it was one of those times where I wasn't planning on it um my my husband lost his job and I wasn't making enough to cover like our full mortgage and and all of the other bills that come along with being an adult and I was like crap like I, I was kind of like in a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And it was, it was stressful, but I realized in that moment, I was like personal development. It's 
the one thing I've really been neglecting. It's the one thing I wasn't focused on at all. So I dove into that really in a very big way and especially everything with wealth because I had a really big problem with wealth. And that actually came from my days as an actor where everybody tells you what's your day job going to be, you know, actors don't make much money. So I had this very negative kind of self-talk around money. So I had to reprogram that and it was a lot of work, but it, our lives changed so quickly within six months, we manifested six figures. We moved. I finally made my dream of becoming an author a reality. And then I shifted into mindset coaching and business coaching. So it was kind of like this very quick evolution, yeah. but it all, because my, my faith was so rock solid after we saw such a big change so fast. I was like, I got to pay this forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. That's how man, it's, it's inspirational. You know, it's just like, a lot of people, when those things happen to them, they just go into this pity party, you know, and it's just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And as you said, their mindset goes more into the negative and it's just like, they just, it's just like they want the earth to swallow them and, and you did the opposite. You're like, Hey, I fixed my money mindset and then I'm going to make the, <laughs> make it happen. That's awesome. I'm on the, it's just like, I, I'm very, like, I'm very um, curious about the, the money mindset as well, because you know, like. There are coaches out there that, you know, they bang on the, that I, I don't agree at all. I don't know if you would, but like, you know, if you don't invest in yourself, it's because you don't believe in yourself and they're offering you this three, five, six thousand, you know, dollars courses that makes you freak out. And if you had, if you are a person that just started that, that your mindset is not where it, it is supposed to be yet, or it's not as strong, you take on that. Yeah. You know, uh, which I find that very, I find that marketing strategy to be absolutely horrible. Like, uh, and I you, know, you know, it's just that pain point and putting that fear and everything. Cause I, I, I got, that was done to me when I was first started, you know, and, and I remember I went into depths and everything and I was like, and as my journey went, I was like, I will never do that ever again, you know? Um, so I, I think. I like that you bring that up because I think that's something that we see it's kind of prevalent in unfortunately the coaching industry. I mean, every industry has got its highs and its lows and that's, I, I feel like that's one of the bigger lows and also all of the kind of false promises when we see these people and they're like, here's my, you know, six steps to six figures. It's like anybody who's been an entrepreneur for any length of time knows there, there's a million puzzle pieces and they're all equally important and you have to get them all in place. There's not just a, a quick fix. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to apply. So there's, there's a lot of elements going on there, but there's the fear and also the desire and people play on that. So I think it's important for new entrepreneurs to know that just because you're not willing to get a second mortgage on your house to get a coach doesn't mean you're going to fail. That's yeah. actually smart not to get the second mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't yeah. do it. That's going to get you into so much trouble. So it's better for you to invest in things like uh, my biggest suggestion, especially if you're in the struggle boat financially, my goodness, there's the books out there, the mm -hmm. books, are dense information available in a wide variety of topics for personal development from the business end to the mindset. And you can fill up your cup that way. Yes, you have to apply it and you have to be able to move forward with it. But I think for this whole idea of like, you're not going to be successful if you don't hire a coach, it's not necessarily true. It's, it's going to help you get there faster, but that doesn't mean that you have to go and, and find this horrible, painful way to spend a ton of money on a coach. And I think it's kind of our responsibility as coaches as well to provide 
some introductory ways for people to work with us so that, you know, there's at least a training, whether it's a pre-recorded or something, but that's reasonably priced instead of everything being, you know, $10,000 or $100,000. It's just people don't have that laying around. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it's just like, because I see it a lot and it's just like, you know, in, 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 like I said, it happened to me personally. And when it happened, which was this last summer, and I was so devastated with the coach that I got because it didn't work. You know, it's just like I went and I did the, you know, the flash, the flashy thing was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I wanted. That's what I need. And when I went for it, I was like, this is the worst investment I ever made in my life, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, it's just that the connection wasn't there. It wasn't absolutely, it wasn't there. So I think that's, I think that's more important than anything. Um, yeah. than the money, you know, the money that they make or whatever figures they claim that they're making, I think having that connection one-to-one -one with that person is more important and it'll, it'll motivate you more to keep going. I think so in a, in a really big way there, because it's, it's really weird. The coaching industry is weird. I mean, it's the only industry where people are like, I made $20,000 this month. Come work with me. It's like, what? It's not like you go to the car dealership and the guy's like, yeah, I, I banked 20 grand last month. Come buy a car. It's like, that's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> and it's like, it's a little mind boggling. And it's one of the reasons I'm kind of big on not going, here's my income. Cause there's a few different ways that that can really mess with somebody's head. I mean, for one, yeah, it can attract people. It can attract the wrong people. But it can also make other people who are just starting out going, I made 10 bucks. Yeah. So I'm a failure. And I think that's not, it's not helpful. It can create this whole comparison thing. And it's more important that, like you say, we have this energetic match that we talk to somebody and we're like, you're my person. You're, yeah. you, you get me. And I think we're also sometimes attracted to people who aren't really the right fit. Like personally, I, I really love this whole like, strong, raw, kick you in the ass kind of energy, but I don't actually want a coach that's really like cold and not very <laughs> loving because yeah. I, I need nurturing to yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like sometimes what we're attracted to and what looks big and flashy and beautiful isn't actually what we need. So it's, it's making sure that we get those conversations going. It's one of the reasons I'm always saying like, I think it's important no matter how, how big you get in your industry that you, you offer at least a, a phone call with somebody before they invest massive amounts of money with you because yeah. yeah, like for them to know that you're the right fit, but also for me, when I work with somebody, I have to know that they've got the right energy for me. Uh, and and it goes I think both ways. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, and actually you're going to be spending a lot of time with somebody. You don't, I think, I think it's very unethical if somebody just, you know, yeah, sign up, send me the money. We'll get on a call after that. And then it's like, well, if you're not a good match for them, you're not going to be able to help them as well. And then that's just, for me, it's out of integrity. So I think it's important to work with somebody who you really vibe with on that, that deep level where you're like, you know, you're going to be friends afterwards because you just yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And speaking of, we were talking before we started the pasta, we were talking about being a multi-passionate entrepreneur. <laughs> and I think just as, as being women already, we are multi-passionate. We are multitasking. We, we tend to do tons of things at the same time. So Amanda, tell me in your case, because this is something that I wanted to talk about, especially for people who are starting, they're starting out and, um, as much as you want to do everything, you have to pick one thing, nail it. 
<laughs> and then yeah. brunch. So tell me how, how was it for you though, Amanda? How, how was, uh, did you go all in and you did everything at the beginning or how, how did it happen? Um, it was definitely adding in one thing at a time. And I have to emphasize that that's the only way anybody's ever going to get it to work um, because we only have so much brain capacity. Even as women, we are, we know we're better at multitasking than men just because our, our brains, we, I think they have us clocked at like twice the amount of thoughts that an average man has in a day. Like it's just, it's statistics. Yeah. But at the same time, like you can't get something fully off the ground if you're like doing a little bit here and then a little bit on this thing and a little bit on that thing. It, it becomes too much and then nothing gets off the ground and then you feel like you're a failure even though you're working 16 hours a day trying to get everything going focus on one thing and get it off the ground. It's, it's the whole analogy like they have you know, when a plane takes off. It takes the majority of the fuel for the plane to get off the ground. Like it's the biggest amount of energy is just getting in the sky. Once you're at cruising altitude, you can just go. And that's when you can start to work on another passion. And I think one of the things that they, we almost need like a warning sign for entrepreneurs. It's like, as soon as you get a really great idea and you begin working on it, you will get more great ideas for yeah. others that you want to do. Do not fall for them. <laughs> Put it on the side. It's not going away. <laughs> oh, no. and it's like, write those ideas down, but do not act on them right away because the impulse is an, is an entrepreneurs. We're like, Oh, all of these shiny things and they're all amazing. And I want to do everything and you've got time to do everything, but you got to do one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely, well, especially if you can't outsource at the beginning, if you can't have somebody helping you. And I think that's where a lot of people fail to do. It's just like, they want to do so much and, and, and it's that. And then I've, you know, I've, I've like, I've been around for like about two years now, like you, and I've seen people starting and leaving and starting and leaving, you know, and, and just like that, you know, <clears throat> It's good to take a break, absolutely. But like, yeah, I have seen people that I never seen, I never seen them again, and and it was that, you know, it's just try to be in all the platforms, try to do all these different things, try to do what other people are doing that are already outsourcing, that are getting, that have the help they need. So, yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> well, and I think what what I think as new entrepreneurs too, we don't always understand that the behind the scenes for people who are, you know, who have an established business, the fact that they've got all of their little elves out doing the, the work. Yeah. Because it looks, you know, from the from the outside looking at what's happening, it's like, oh, this person's like uh, some kind of god who's doing all of this stuff. And, and in reality, there's like, you know, six people on their team doing all Yeah, this yeah stuff. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's recognizing that, you know, no, it's not that you're failing. It's that they just, they've got a team and it makes a big difference. So yeah, I think it's always recognizing that you're only seeing a small bit of the picture when we're looking at somebody, especially on social media. We see the best clips of everybody's life. That's it. You don't see the crap behind the, you don't see the frustration. You don't see the freak out or the massive tax bill or whatever it is that they're dealing with, it, it, but it's happening. So it's, yeah. it's recognizing that you take a deep breath. You're doing just fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because everybody does show that part. And then everybody's asking other people what their struggles are when yourself also as an entrepreneur and as a woman, you have your own struggles. 
like I remember when I first started, I was like, and I was going through my anxiety attacks or I was going through, you know, my self doubts and everything. And I'm like, how am I going to help people if I can't deal with my own shit? You know? <laughs> so that creeps in as well. And it's like, okay, work on it first, you know, and just keep working on your mindset, keep doing the work and stuff. And, and put, like you said before, do the actions as well, you know, all that stuff. And, and you you keep growing and learning, but that doesn't mean that it stops at one point. Does it? No. You know, it's an ongoing journey. Uh, and I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway with it too, is like the mindset element, no matter where you go with your business, no matter what changes you have, no matter if you decide, you know what, entrepreneurship's not for me, I'm going to go get back into corporate or whatever it is. But the mindset's what's really giving us happiness at the end of the day. And I think one of the biggest kind of lies that we all buy into is that, you know, once I hit that rank or once I have this income or once I get this award, then I'll be happy. But that's the biggest load of crap. And we know because we see people who who climb the success ladder. It's really prevalent in you know Hollywood and places where people have these massive achievements, these amazing lives, all the money in the world. And they're miserable. And it's because Mindset has to come first. You have to be happy in the here and now. Yeah. You have to learn what happiness really means because it's not, the success is so fleeting. It's alarmingly fleeting. You go for like the, a few minutes of like ecstasy followed by what's next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. It is so true. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you nailed it there. Like it is. It's like, okay, now I'm bored. What else are we doing? <laughs> it's it, it's so interesting because it's not what you expect. You think success is like this, like riding a rainbow or something like that. And it's it's like this very steep drop off where you're like, yay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we say. It's like, it's so important to enjoy that journey because it is every day you're learning something new and it is, and it's like as, as high as you go, you go in your lows and, but you know, the faster you get up as well. Uh, so it, I think like, I think that, 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 that's for me is success is being able to, you know, cope with that and make it better and, you know, and be grateful with all those things that any other money in the world, because even that you can do the six figures and everything, but if your money mindset is messed up, then yeah you won't enjoy it it won't it, it won't satisfy you in any any way though it's it's true and I, I think sometimes most of us don't take that time to really understand well what would really truly make me happy because I think a lot of us are still trying to live into this outmoded belief system of what other people expected of you or the fact that sometimes we have those deep desires that we really want to follow but that's too big. So we do something that's not that thing, try and make it big, but that's not satisfying because it's not what we're really passionate about. Yeah. And so there's a lot of elements to it, whether we're really following that deep passion or whether we're trying to do something that we think will create money and recognition and all of these other things. And, and then I think that's another thing is recognition. Well, I think as human beings, we naturally, like we're social creatures, we like it when people recognize what we've done. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's making sure that that's not your only way of self-recognizing. Yeah. You know, if we're always looking for outside validation, that's where it becomes problematic because the, the limelight, it, it shines around on different people. You know, sometimes nobody's looking at you and you have to be content and happy in those times where, you know, you're not in the spotlight. Yeah. 
But it's like, you know, like we were talking about Hollywood and celebrities. It's like they do something wrong and then suddenly the highlight is on them and then somebody else does something wrong or something better. And it's like, okay, that's it. Done. Does this. So it just moves around a lot though. And it is. You have to get to the point that you do it for yourself, that you don't need that. <laughs> like you said, outside validation constantly. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I think it's that's, that's, that's something a lot of people get lost, especially on social media. It's just... Um, it, 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 it could be a bit sad though. It could be, especially if you're working by yourself and everything, it just, you know, the comparison game and all that. It's just, you have I, I think, like, especially like for, for the new entrepreneurs watching, um, knowing that it takes a while to find our voice online. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things because you start, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall constantly. You're like, what's going to work? What's going to do something? And you see, you got your posts going up and they're getting, you know, one or two likes. It's your mom. Like, it's very frustrating. You're like, why is nobody looking at me? What is happening? Why is, why is that person who's posting practically the same thing getting 150 likes? And I got two. And it gets very frustrating when we're not really sure why it's not working. And it looks the same for you on the outside, but it's, it's kind of learning the psychology of marketing as well. And what do people resonate with? What will bring them to want to engage with our, our content. And I think uh, exploring that and understanding that's why we need to know who we're talking to. For me, for a really long time, I had a really broad niche, really broad yeah. niche. And my, my message just didn't resonate with anybody because I was trying to talk to everybody and not specific. But as soon as I honed in and I was like, I know exactly who I'm talking to, I can see that human being on the other side of my screen that's when everybody started going like, we love this, We're, we, we can engage with this, we can connect with it. And I think the biggest fear there for new entrepreneurs is, oh, I'm going to cut off potential customers if I niche down. And it's actually the opposite happens is when we niche down, that's when people engage. And my favorite example of this is Nike, because if you actually go to Nike's um, Facebook page, it's mostly just like one sentence with like a news article for some kind of sports thing. You can tell that their niche market is like 20 to 30 year old boys, men, you know, yeah. young men, and you still see 50 year olds walking around with the shoes. Yeah. So it doesn't cut off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, comfy shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that you're going to lose the rest of your audience. It just means that you're going to really resonate with the people it's specifically for. So you're going to have those people flock in for what you have to offer and that people are still going to like it who aren't necessarily in that niche. So it's understanding there's a lot of mechanics and a lot of psychology that goes along with this, which I find fascinating. I know some people find frustrating, but <laughs> I'd like to know how we think. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's very important. Like if you want to push your business forward to actually help people, you have to be very clear on that. And I'm saying that because of our own experience as well, Amanda, that's where I'm, that was my biggest mistake as well. You know, it's like you want to help everybody. And then it's like, but I don't have the energy to help this kind of people. Cause you, when you try to help them, there's certain people that if they don't want to be helped, if they can't do yeah. it for themselves, there's so much you can do. And it's just, instead of you helping them, it's like, it feels like they're pulling you down, you know, not intentionally, yeah. not intentionally. Just, it just happens like, you know, that negativity. And then you're like, Oh, I can't do that. You know? Because uh, I was, I'm, and then like at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, I want to help women know that just came out of bad relationships and this and that and the next." And I was like, "No," I was like, 
the last thing I did when I w that happened to me was going online, you know, I would get a quote here and there and save it on my phone. And I'm like, okay, this is going to make me happy today, but I wouldn't want to speak to anyone online, you know? So it is, it's, it's one of those things like you, you kind of, you have to niche that person exactly who you want to help though. I think. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that you brought that up because it is, it's definitely possible to, pick the wrong niche that we kind of think is that person like especially when we get into I don't know savior mode because it happens yeah. like we're like I want to save everybody and that was that was one of my problems too is I wanted to work with people who hated their jobs and who struggled with money and they could not afford me and they were just like so negative yeah. all the time and I was like okay so I need to rework this because clearly that's not who I want and that's when I realized I want to work with people who are already on the mindset of I want change, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, but I have no idea how to get there. And then I was like, that's the person. So it, it, sometimes it's a small shift, but it makes all the difference in the world. It does, well, especially now in an area that a lot of people are doing that mindset work, they're already doing, in, incorporating in their life, even if they don't know it, it, what it is, you know? Because uh, I remember somebody asked me that, they was like, how did you start doing all that? And I was like, it just came, it was something I used to do when I was a kid. You know, journaling, meditating, yeah. going for to exercise, you know, reading books and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it again, a circle of life, you know? So it just happened accidentally. And I know a lot of people are starting to do that again. You know, you get to a point in your life that you're just so fed up with everything that there's, you know, you live on that flat line of what do you call it? No, no, no emotion, no, no joy, nothing that you need to do something out of something like you're just trying to get through the day. Yeah. 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 Cause I say like, you know, when I was saying earlier, I was like, I was scared of like showing to people. It's like when I was having my bad days, you know? And then I'm like, Jesus, I was like, thanks to those bad days, I can do what I can do today. Yeah. You well, know? it's part of it. It's like, okay, now I can feel again. My heart is beating again. I know what I want. You know, it's like you, your emotions are back again. And it's like, yeah, that is, and you have to take the pain as well to get what you want to get you stronger as well. It's not uh, just, you know, oh, let's forget that just happened, you know? <laughs> there's a lot of processing and I love the fact that you said like it was something naturally you did as a, as a kid because I actually had the same experience and my parents were like super new age and kind of hippies so we had like tarot and crystals and meditation and and all that was really normal growing up and so I think that's actually it's kind of a two-sided sword because I know when I originally people were like oh personal development I was like I already know that stuff. <laughs> so like, I was like no I'm good and then I was like no no I need it okay I, I, I'm hearing you universe you've said it I'm, I'm doing it okay like <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially if you did it as a kid and then you went into a corporate world or you went oh not even to the let's go beyond before that you go into primary school and there's a lot of people who has, they don't live on the same as you did as a kid. So yeah, you start taking all that and you start feeling like you are the weirdo. You yeah. Know? What do you mean you meditate? You're only six years old. What is that? And I'm like, I don't know, but it makes me feel good. It's like, oh, you're the weirdo, you know? <laughs> so, so you start taking that and you stop doing those things because you, you want to fit in or, you know, you just don't want to be the outsider, that, that outside kid that nobody wants to talk to because they meditate. <laughs> It's so true. It's very true. Yeah, I, I, I can absolutely relate to that. And uh, I, I think it's interesting, the conformity that we fit into, and then all of the beliefs that we end up forming in those in those young years about what does this mean to fit in and to be accepted and to be loved. And, 
and then that becomes our basis for life. And sometimes we need to make sure we go back and re-examine that and go, do I really want to live that way? Do I, do I really need to fit into a box to be loved? Yeah. And, and dissecting that and going, you know what? I'm great as I am. And everybody else who doesn't think that way, yeah. they don't need to crown me. That is self-love. Amanda, let's talk a little bit about your books. I know you, you wrote two books, yeah? Am I right? Um, actually, I've got 11 full-length books. And, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that caught me off guard. I was like, I only thought you had two. So tell me, uh, <laughs> where can we find them anyways? Tell me, what are your books about? Are they all about business and mindset? Or have you written your own story as well there? Um, so I do have um, a series, which is a manifesting series. So it's all about mindset, law of attraction. How does your mind work? Um, it does also get into the psychology of the mind. So why we believe what we believe, how we can figure that out and reprogram it when it's not supporting who we are. Um, I really wanted something comprehensive that was going to change the way we think and then help us show up in a new way so that we can not only be an energetic match for what we want, but that we're consistently on that so I, I love that element of law of attraction. It's it's basically the what the secret left out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the kind of the mechanics of it. So that was something I, I really loved getting into. And um, I also have a science fiction series um, that was actually my very first book I wrote when I was sixteen. Uh, it was called Fire Fury Freedom, and um, it was just such a passion project for me. It was something that was so much fun to kind of fall into the fantasy and the world building and, and these mm -hmm. characters coming to life on the page. So that's something I have a lot of fun with. Um, and then I've got a cookbook and I've got some business books out and um, got a journal now. I've got a bunch of different stuff out. I've got literary fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all in Amazons? We can find them on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, they're all on Amazon. Okay, perfect. Okay, well, I'll drop a link, if anything, just to bring you straight into Amazon and on the podcast. Amanda, if we're going to wrap up, if, is there anything, anything, anything you want to send out there for whoever's listening, for the new entrepreneurs, for women, for women that wants to start their own business, women who have started their business, and after reading the, this, listening to this podcast, they get a little bit more clarity as well. Their own mistakes that we have done. <laughs> And there's more to do as well. This is not it. This is not the end of it. <laughs> it's always a process. But what would you like to share with them, Amanda? I think um, for me, the biggest thing that I wish somebody had told me a long time ago is um, that if you focus on mastering your mindset, that's when you really master your life. That's when things really fall into place. So yes, the business strategy is important. You do need sales and marketing and, and all of that good stuff, but you do need mindset more than anything else because that's what allows you to wake up in the morning and create the habits that will create the long-term success. And that it's not a quick process. It's something where it doesn't mean you can't have fast success or you can't make money quickly, but it's a learning curve. There's a lot to learn. You're, you're never going to stop learning. So be patient and know that the little step every single day, that's what adds up to big success. It's not about showing up and killing yourself every day, but it's about consistency. And when we can be consistent, you're going to see massive change over time. So make sure that you're tracking your progress. It's, it's going to show you just how important and impactful the daily actions are. Awesome. Ah, thank you so much. That is so true. Mindset, 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 mindset work. And it's so simple. It's just so simple. It's just, as you said, it's the consistency because it's not that you have to go and, you know, go 
quit everything, go to India and disappear for a whole year or anything like that and join you know, <laughs> a yoga retreat. You don't. You can do those little simple things at home. As you said, journaling, the little meditation, always take time for yourself. At least if it's 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, time for yourself. Yeah, on silence. And Amanda, tell us where they can find you as well. So if they want to reach out to you. I know you have a workshop now coming up on next Monday, is it? About um, writing? Yeah, I've got um, I've got my Get Published workshop coming out uh, next Monday. Uh, it is an evergreen training, so if they miss the Monday, it's not a big deal. It's always available. Um, and it's really the entire book writing process, how you go from concept to writing strategy, how you prepare it for publication, go through the publication process, and how you do book marketing. So it's, it's everything all in one spot, which is something I wish that I had had because I had to struggle through learning it all in one <laughs> But um, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about, and especially once I started getting my books out there, I had so many people come and say, that's always been a dream of mine. And so yeah. I was like, I'm going to show you guys how to do it. <laughs> that one here though, because that's something I started, I started about two years ago and I'm still there. I'm like, I go back and forth and I'm like, okay, no, this is not what I want to write now. I'll just change it. <laughs> so, but it is, it's just, it's one of those, and the to-do lists, and not even as like recognition or anything. It's just something I always wanted to do. You know, it's one of those things. It's not up because it's, oh, another marketing strategy. It's like, I actually yeah. want to write a book. Yeah, it's just one of those, you know. Leaving a legacy, too, I think. Like, I think that's something that is really appealing about a book is it's going to outlive us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so where can they find you if they're... Um, um, I'm basically Facebook. If, if you're on Facebook, you've probably seen me. I show up pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but definitely if you look up, um, at Amanda Rose author, I'll pop up and I'll, I'll give you links so that people can just click because we're in the click age. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everything is easy, easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, it's been, I am so happy I met you. This has been an amazing podcast. It was so nice talking to you. It's just like, I feel like I'm talking to a soul sister. I swear to God. Oh. It's these things that you just like, ah. Oh. I said it to Amanda, I was like, we're probably, I was like, the podcast will go for about 25, 30 minutes. I was like, talk to you forever. And I actually can. <laughs> I don't think you ladies will sit here and listen to the whole thing. Like, so. <laughs> I want to thank you so, so much, Chloe, um, for everything you have sh- you have shared, for, for, your, for your love, for your energy, for everything that you do as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So this was another episode of Unchain Your Inner Strength Podcast with a beautiful Amanda Rose, multi-passionate entrepreneur. And uh, my name is Maria Krause, mindset and business coach and founder of